All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. We're talking week six in the Sons of Fantasy Football League tonight. Joining me on the pod tonight, uh, my opponent for week six from the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. Is it bad that I said I can't be as fired up for the intro of the second take? This is our second take, If now that everyone knows that. Um, Sorry. Typical technology issues, and Shane's not even on the podcast, so that's just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, just what we had said the last time is if there's anyone that shouldn't hear um, a couple explicit language words, I would, like if you're in the car driving your kids somewhere, I would stop and just listen to this another time because some uh, some shit happened <laughs> this week, so... Just get right into it. Um, all right, so we'll start off with waivers because we have bigger fish to fry here. Uh, Gerald Everett, twenty six dollars to, to the Sea Wolves. Take it out. Yeah, I uh, I was interested because Waller is on buy this week, but um, I was not interested at the twenty six dollar price tag. I guess he's officially cutting bait with OJ Howard as his uh as his tight end. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been listening to the podcast actually this year, but I'm not on them. I did not I thought it was kinda of funny. Like his commentary on me adding Dawson Knox and I was like You you should be too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should be throwing the same darts as everyone else. Yeah, um, Everett's had two big games back-to-back weeks. No girly uh, this week, so it may actually end up working out. Um, you got to think they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit against the Niners, so it may end up being a good play. Um, I don't know what Cooks' status is. Um, so Minshew goes to the Bull Wheels for $3. Um, just feels like... You know, Bull loves Barstool more than probably anybody in our league, and I'm sure Minshew is a Barstool guy, so I feel like that's a match made in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do actually like him as a play this week. He's 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 a lot better than I thought. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens when Foles comes back. A um, couple other not, not really important waiver wire moves. I added Jason Witten. My dad added Jared Cook. Um, Butler added Jared Goff today to play quarterback for him this week after he got dropped. Um, and then Bull snaked me for Lat Murray by a dollar. I had a one dollar bid on him, and uh, he put in a two dollar bid on Lat Murray. So. I noticed that right there, and I laughed to my stare, but you can see this once upon a time. Such a great draft pick. Yeah, he was uh, supposedly going to be flex two worthy. Yeah. Him and Malcolm Brown, and neither of them are on that team anymore. Um, let's get into that trade first. So this is the third the third trade of the week that happened. Um, Malcolm Brown comes over to me two days ago for Justice Hill from Phil. 
Uh, Phil had offered me that trade last week live on the podcast. I don't know. I can't remember if we actually talked about the details of the trade that Phil mentioned at the end of the podcast. Um, he had sent it to me through text. I was not interested at the time because uh, Todd Gurley was running his way to two touchdowns last week. And his usage was only increasing. Um, but then I was laying in my hotel room in Vegas Wednesday night. And Gurley mis- like mysteriously popped up on the injury report. Um, with a thigh injury and McVeigh said he hadn't practiced all week and that the injury came as a surprise to the whole organization. So that right there was a super big red flag. Um, I did not think at that moment I would have Todd Gurley this week. So at like 11 o'clock Pacific time, I just sent it through the app to Phil, hoping that maybe he'd still be interested in the trade that he offered last week. And when I woke up in the morning, he had accepted it. So I get Malcolm Brown for the for Justice Hill. Now, before you get involved here, I just heard from Phil tonight. <laughs> he is he was traveling all week just like I was. He's been in Dallas and Salt Lake all week. Um, apparently, his phone does not work in those two cities, other than text message and accepting trades, because. He did not know that Gurley was doubtful and now ruled out this week. So he's claiming that, and he's saying, obviously, he still was interested in the trade, but I don't know if he would have done the trade knowing the injury. So I don't know if that makes you happier or sadder about it. Well, pick up, pick up the storyline where you left off. As soon as it was accepted, it came through my phone. Like, on the SPN, accepted. I immediately... Texted him knowing that Gurley was in jeopardy. In jeopardy, said, "Fuck off! There's no need for that." <laughs> to which he said, "What? Or I I didn't really want a justice hill or something." And I just said, "Fuck you!" and left it at that. And I guess if he didn't know that Gurley was in jeopardy, that makes sense. He'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. At, like. His whole, his whole dialogue through the whole draft and through the whole last two seasons has been how bad Gurley is and trying to get you by the... Like, I felt like part of his draft's strategy was to get you by the balls on Gurley. And then the second he had you by the balls, he took a guy with 16 touches and acted like it was a great acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he, should have tr- he should have tried to hammer you. Not saying that you would have taken it, but he had nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I have to believe he didn't know about the injury because that trade happened way too easily. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, but that's bad. I, I don't like the matchup still. I mean, not that it matters. I mean, I'm just hoping he punches one in tomorrow. It's not a good matchup for even if Gurley was on the field. What I'm uh, fully expecting to happen, though, is Malcolm Brown's going to look really fucking good tomorrow, and we're all going to realize that Todd's done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it got really weird this week. <laughs> I, don't understand, I don't even understand what's going on. With what? With Todd. Oh. Well, it's a thigh, I guess it's a thigh contusion in the same leg that he has the arthritic knee. Um, so it isn't a knee issue, but apparently, um, 
it's just because that may put increased stress on his knee. So, um, I was I was concerned about last week him playing on a short week. I didn't think this week would be a problem. Like I thought, if they were going to go to Brown or Henderson more, I thought it'd be last week on the short one, but. Little concerning that on a long week of rest, um, he's not able to really go. So we'll see. Um, all right. So <laughs> anything else on that? No, you first my dog might tell me he didn't know. I'm sorry. Um, still an asshole. <laughs> all right. So, um, a day or two before that, I guess, Butler put his whole team up for sale. I think that was probably Monday morning. Um, after he got a whooping beat put on him by the Desert Dogs. So, he sends a text out to the league saying everybody's for sale. Um, kind of excited because I thought this was going to be an opportunity for us to see if our $50 market actually made a difference. Um... But we didn't fucking get to see that because he didn't fucking let that happen. So um, later that day, or I guess that night, Mick texted me and said, I'm getting Keenan Allen from Butler for $20. And I was like, oh, that's fucking interesting because that's a dog shit trade. I thought Keenan Allen himself might go for a full 50 if you would put him out there and actually negotiate with people. Um, Come to find out, uh, a day or two later that my dad also offered Butler $20 uh, and Sterling Shepard, Delaney Walker and Rex Burkhead to which my dad did not get a response now what may have been the case there I'm willing to give Butler the benefit of the doubt here is that the Keenan Allen trade verbally got accepted on I think Monday night and only myself, Micah, and Kevin knew about it until Wednesday because I don't announce things to the league until it goes through on ESPN. So I don't have my timeline straight <clears throat> here, but I'm pretty sure my dad offered Butler the trade after he saw your trade with him, knowing that Butler only had $20 left to get. So... If Butler did, if that's the case, and Butler didn't respond because of that, that would make more sense than just completely blowing off someone and not putting two people in and negotiating more against each other, like he should have done with you and I. Because <clears throat> Tuesday morning I text you and say, "Are you getting Hopkins?" Because I know that the last two years, you and Butler have had some dialogue together about how. You guys need to scratch each other's backs because you both felt like you were the only ones in the league that didn't have a back scratcher because that's a narrative that people in this league throw around. Um, and you said it's in the works. So I said, all right, I'll, I'm thinking I'll just throw my name in the hat here. I text Butler when I woke up out in Vegas. I guess it probably would have been 9 o'clock his time. And I just said $30 in Kirk. Um, you know, Kirk's $11 keeper for next year. And in all fairness, my offer did have Tevin Coleman in it. So I did ask for Coleman and Hopkins for Kirk and 30. Um, but I thought I would get some kind of negotiation window here. So at that point, 
you had a $20 offer for Hopkins on the table. But then, after talking with me, you increased your offer to $30. Okay, so Butler wakes up after third shift, and he tells you my offer, to which you throw DK Metcalf in there. And he says, deal, I got you. All right, so I then get a text from Butler saying, oh, I had already accepted an offer from Eddie. And I said, oh, that's weird because Eddie and I just said like how we both had an offer in Dio. And he said, yeah, but Eddie sent me his offer in my not responding portion of life. And I just wrote, oh. So, because that's just a blatant lie. The whole thing was a lie. And very frustrating to have somebody in the league who makes players available, but then, you know, just doesn't do anything to help the whole league competition. So, that's my story. That's my take on what happened with the Hammer Fire Sale. And now I've ranted for probably two or three minutes, so I'm going to give it back to you. I think, uh, obviously I'm very excited to Hopkins on the roster. Yeah, um, you should be, and I don't think you did anything wrong. You can't ask him to. You can't ask him to pit us against each other. You shouldn't have to, though. It's fucking common sense. We sat here in the draft, and twelve people sat in Bull's room, Bull's basement, and we talked about a rule change for draft cash, and we all said that the only way this is going to work is if we all sit here and say we're going to do this for the good of the league, and that people aren't going to take lesser offers, and people are going to actually. You know, put people against each other and make people negotiate. And everyone thought that was what was going to happen. And it isn't. And I'm trying really hard to have a good take on this. Because I know how this is going to sound. And you hit me with it right away. When you and I were talking about it, you said you're just salty. And I know I probably sound salty, but I'm not. As the commissioner, what you have to do is have everybody's best interest involved in the league. You know, I have to talk to all of you and I have to make sure that everybody wants to have fun in this league and everybody feels like it's fair and everybody's having a good time. And that is not the case with this situation. So that's where my heart is. I agree wholeheartedly. I think the thing that absolutely fucked this whole thing up was I was having dialogue with him about Hopkins and the jump. And he was telling me while I'm talking Hopkins and like asking him just what's going on so that I can try to match offers and things like that. I was just getting, well, I'm selling Keenan Allen for $20. And this night before um, it became official. And I just, I think that's the part that fucked everything up. Oh, yeah. Like, you could have, like, they should have been dealt in reverse. He could have collected. $50 and and the same DK Metcalf and or whatever you want to offer and or whatever anyone else wanted to offer if he started with dealing Hopkins or like you said he probably could have got damn near the full 50 for Keenan Allen although I talked with Micah briefly and never go 50 so that probably drops him out I don't know why well Micah wouldn't go 50 on anything because Micah makes the shittiest fucking trade offers in the league throwing $20 out there for Keenan Allen, and then he sends my dad a Carlos Hyde for Tyler Lockett offer, which a week ago he was about to trade you, Carlos Hyde, for DK Metcalf, and now somehow Carlos Hyde is on the same level 
as Tyler Lockett. So, you know you weren't going to get more. You can't get water out of a rock. So, shittiest, shittiest trade off was tough. <laughs> that may have been a little aggressive, but a guy shortly in the short term ago just offered Lashawn McCoy and the receiver for fucking Michael Thomas. So that happened too. <laughs> There's a lot of bad deals being thrown around. It's just most of them don't get accepted. In this case, for some reason, they did. I mean, the only thing I can come back to is the fact that they were just dealt in a piss poor order. Like it, they should, he should have cleaned. He should have cleared his fifty dollars of max with Hopkins and or Keenan out done with it. And then I don't think this conversation is even happening because he deals one guy who kind of I don't even want to say sets the market because it just would have proved exactly what some of them were muttering on the side of that whole conversation is that this doesn't this fifty dollars thing was gonna do nothing. Whether it was twenty or fifty, someone was gonna acquire the guy. It was never gonna set a trend in market or anything. It just, I, I don't think it was going to do anything. I, like, thought, he, he yeah. could, I yeah. thought it would make guys like Hopkins go for $50, um, but, but I was... Regardless of what the dollar amount is, in this situation, if it was he would have accepted eight for Keenan. The way that he did it, he would have accepted eight for Keenan Allen and 12 and Metcalf for fucking Hopkins. Yeah. He, I, feel, I, I fully feel like he would have done the same stupid fucking So the only, the only comparable thing that happened, I guess, close to this was, um, I think two years ago, Fegley sent a message out early in the morning that he was selling, and Spears was the first one to hit him with the 25 offer for McCaffrey, and, and Fegley took it. You know, at that point, that's a little different. 25 was our cap. He would have had to get a good keeper in the 25 in return, which was probably not going to happen because that didn't happen very often in um, our old format. And I know you were upset about that, that like you hadn't even gotten a chance to see that McCaffrey was available. Um, but it was hard to argue when someone got the full 25. And I think that's what we were trying to avoid is that you know what? Nobody batted an eye at trading twenty five. We thought people might bat an eye at trading fifty, but we saw with like just comments a couple of weeks ago to my dad when he you know maybe had Julio Jones out on the block and there were people talking about giving him fifty for Julio. You know the whole league knew that players of that caliber were still going to go for fifty. So I can't say that what happened two years ago is the same because it it's not. <laughs> Because, I mean, it would have been the same if it was done the right way. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't done the right way. I know. And it's just frustrating. Like, I don't feel like he had the best interest of his team. And, like, that hurts the 11 guys around you. And, honestly, if you're not going to have the best interest of your team in trades, then this this league's probably not for you. Um, And it's just frustrating, you know. Stein was talking about throwing out a Mike Evans and twenty five dollars offer for Hopkins, like that would have been a much better offer. You know, still wouldn't have gotten to the full, 
the full 50, and I'm happy that that didn't happen because we would have seen Thielen get traded for five bucks. Like, <laughs> that would have been the next move. And obviously that can't happen either. So, you know, I just want everyone to kind of think about this offseason. Um, we may have a rule out there to to go to vote that no draft cash trading. Um, it'll put a little more emphasis on the draft. It'll kind of make the draft, I guess, even every year. Because um, everyone will come in with the same amount of money because I am now a little nervous about teams coming in with $50 more than other teams and how that's going to go. Um, obviously, we have to play out next year's draft as is. We all made the decision this year to do that. So, But maybe starting the 2020 season, we don't trade draft cash. And if you want to go out and get a player like Hopkins or... You know, you'd have to actually give up a good keeper um, or some players to keep that team, that player competitive. So just want everyone to think about it because I think our, our only two solutions from here on out are free open market, which we all talked about. And I, I don't think that that's really the answer either because we all had concerns about people coming to the draft with $300 um, or to eliminate it altogether because we just don't seem capable as a league to be able to do this the right way. So... It's broken. It's broken. It's, yeah. Imbalance, no matter how you do it, it's just gonna. I don't know. I feel like you're almost down on currency. Like in a keeper league, like keeper value and the way that people view them is your currency. Like yeah, getting a, like drafting really well and getting a Kamara one dollar or Mike Tom Michael Thomas for whatever the hell I got him for years ago. Like and some of the other that are walking around James Conner. Like those, that's your that's your currency. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and maybe maybe we throw around the idea of keeping three players rather than two, just to kind of kind of help that because I think there's things that we have to talk about if we take draft cash trading out of it because there have been guys that have maybe had four keepers and guys that have had one and haven't been able to really cap. You won't be able to really capitalize on that if. Uh, in the off season, so maybe we talk about keeping three guys, and I don't know. There, there's things that we can do, I think, to make this league better than every week's six through eight arguing over trades. Because it just, I don't like having to have this podcast. I know you don't really like having to have it. Um, it's just not really fun for anybody. So, yeah, especially because. I'm kind of a straight shooter, a little off the cuff, and wear my feelings on my sleeve. And for me to try and fucking smooth over and rub a guy's back to get him to deal me someone for my draft cash rather than someone else, I can't stand it. I, I've hated it from day one. Yeah. So. That's kind of where we're at. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? No, I've been- I think that's just the dialogue we have to have going forward. I just hope... I really hope that the rest of the season doesn't just go down the toilet. Because it would suck. It would suck if just shitty trades go as a, a, a weird... Like, if we're going to view this, the market's been set, it's, it's going to be a fucking... 
it's going to get ugly. Like I said to you, like, you know, there's guys that have <clears throat> two players to trade. And instead of seeing the trades that we, you know, like, for example, my dad, everyone was saying Julio's going to go for 50. You know, with the prices that were just set, why couldn't he give someone Julio and carry on for 50? I mean, that that would be comparable. I would say carry on is a comp to Keenan Allen, and I would say um, carry on is a comp, or Julio is a comp to Hopkins. So, I, yeah, like, I completely agree. I don't want it to come to that. Um, I mean, if there's 11 guys that are in agreement, even the ones that got, because I talked to Mike, and Mike was like, I think my deal was bad. And I was like, I, I, I don't think mine was bad from the second guy in. Like, it, it wasn't right. But, I mean, if there's a lot of guys that believe it was bad, they understand it. Like, let's not let it be the market then. But, it's all about perspective, too. Like, everyone's going to listen to me saying those words and be like, well, that's because you only have 12 hours left. Like, yeah, of course you don't want to be the market. Got your deal done. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sellers said their own market. The only thing that they 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 run the risk of is not getting a deal if they if they're too stingy. And at the end of the day, when week eight comes around, nobody's going to be like, "Oh, well, I'm taking a firm stance on this, and I'm not getting my fifty dollars because I don't want to trade this guy for that amount." Like, it's not going to happen. So, it's going to be interesting to see how how hard these guys push. Um, <laughs> I don't really feel like we're in any position. But like both these trades should have been vetoed. I have thoughts on why they weren't vetoed. Um, you know, Butler carries himself a little differently than Phil. I feel like people aren't afraid to stand up to Phil. People aren't afraid to, you know, make Phil feel small. People aren't afraid to, you know, cast him aside. But you know, for whatever reason, a lot of people have a hard time standing up to Kev. So. Um, both those trades should have been vetoed this week, and I'm I fully take full fault in that as well. I was trying to kind of enjoy my my week away and not trying to get involved in too much of this stuff, but if I was at home, I probably would have put more effort into making something happen there. But I also knew that if I you know if anyone makes that move on Kev, then that's probably the end of Kevin in this league, and I want to give him the chance to come back and, and play, but like I. I Moves like this make you wonder how much he really wants to be in it anyway. So, I don't know. That's my stance. Um, Alright, let's get into the Week 6 matchups. We'll start off with Abusement Park against Cooper Clan. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the first round of crossover matchups between the Favre and Elway Divisions. We'll start. 75, what? Yeah, I know, I know. There's, <laughs> there's certain things that you can, uh, certain things you can say, certain things that you can't. People have a lot more tolerance for a couple f bombs than they do for Fedley. Change your team name. God damn it! It's ridiculous. Be better. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I almost feel like Sure needs to find a way to jam Marquise Brown into this lineup. Um 
just he gets so many targets and he has such potential. And I just don't feel like it's there with DJ Moore. Now, full disclosure, I have no idea what DJ Moore's been doing lately. I thought he played really well with Cam. Um, so he's the last couple of weeks, 12.1 and 5.9. He had uh, 12.9 in week three, but that was because of a 52-yard touchdown. I, I really liked DJ Moore early in the season. He was getting a ton of target. He was always wide open. Cam just didn't seem able to get in the ball. I just feel like Marquise Brown um, at home against Cincinnati needs to be in this lineup somewhere. Yeah, I think I think that's fine, but his status is still up in the air. Oh, really? He doesn't have anything next to his name. But I guess no, no one does here because, okay. Because David yeah, Johnson. He's, he's, yeah, he's questionable with the ankle. So he hasn't practiced all week. Yeah, the other guy on his bench, um, Adrian Peterson. Bill Callahan is now the head coach of the Washington football franchise. And uh, another thing I have to edit out. Uh, Adrian Peterson said this was the best week of practice they've had in his two years on the team. And Bill Callahan um, famously ran Nebraska's program and they just ran the ball over and over and over again. So you got to think Peterson at Miami has a good chance to have his best game of the season. Yeah, I keep like opening FanDuel, think I'm going to put him in. I quit before I do it because I, uh, I kind of want to see it. And with his running back crew, unless Dave Watson's out, it's going to be tough to put him over any of those guys, I think. Well, there's a DFS podcast that I listen to, and um, from what I understand, Kenyon Drake and Adrian Peterson are two of the top five in projected ownership for this week, so that's a stay away from me. But then again, listening to that podcast hasn't helped me at all this year in DFS. I've been awful. So this week, I'm just going to play your whole team and uh, take a dub. So. Yeah, that probably guys must not be as good as the pro football focus membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, sure, great team. Because Adrian Peterson and Marquise Brown should be in lineups this week, and you can't find a way to get those guys in. So, can't wait to see how the park finds a way to lose this week. Um, let's get over to the clan. Tyreek Hill coming back this week, potentially. What are your expectations for Reek in a juicy matchup against the Texans. Is he for uh, All signs are pointing to it. I mean, it's a Sunday 1 o'clock game, so Fedley's going to know relatively early. Um, I know his team needs him back. Yeah, big time. If he doesn't get him back, it's going to make for a sticky roster situation. He'll just Not put Royce that. Freeman in again, and that's miserable. Oh, 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 one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, found out tonight, too. Butler got an offer from Fegley for Tom Brady and uh, Calvin Ridley. And Butler's response to Fegley was, I have too many offers already. So. 
just gets worse. If anyone yeah. else has a story they need to tell, feel free to reach out. Can't be out there overloading people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, if Reek plays, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, he's got to be in your lineup. Yeah. Versus Park. Uh, you gotta pick the park. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, all right, next game: Seawolves versus Patriots. Papakadas jumps out to the big twenty-nine to one lead. Josh Gordon came out of that game early with a knee injury. Uh, one point two, one catch for seven yards for the Seawolves wide receiver. Uh, there's only one thing to talk about with this lineup right now, and that is Juju Smith-Schuster is on the bench right now in favor of Demarcus Robinson. I know that uh, Calvin Hobbs, or Calvin and Hobbs or whatever, is quarterbacking for them this week. Um, but, like, you got to play Juju, right? Yes. <laughs> swing for the fences and hope for a big touchdown? I don't know. Juju's touchdowns have all been big touchdowns too this year. I feel like they're both boomer bust. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely fair. I just think between uh, Tyreek coming back and Kelsey and all the Williams brothers in the backfield and Shady and the Pringle guy and all all those dudes in Kansas City, I I can't run to Marcus Robinson out there. That's not like I'm sure there's situations out there in the fantasy room, but you're thinking about putting Juju on the bench because of the Pittsburgh situation. This is not one of those. No. Well, I mean, the saving grace is that Kansas City Houston game is the highest. Highest over under the week, but yeah, I'm playing Juju there. In all fairness, though, he's like on a business meeting in the Bermuda Triangle. He probably the Tyreek Hill's Yeah, let's give him some time to change that tomorrow. That's a good point. Um, all right, we'll go over to the Patriots team. Speaking of the Pringle guy, he's on his bench right now. The decision for Papa Kaz that we need to discuss. Jamal Williams, Monday, 8-15, coming off getting his... Skull crushed two weeks ago against the Eagles, or Ito Smith at Arizona in a juicy matchup for the Falcons. I'm saying Ito. I think he's got to play Ito here, but I understand that Williams has been more involved um, than Ito has. When Williams has been healthy, but Jones just had a huge week. Detroit's a good defense. Arizona's not, and Smith gets like weird. Really important touches for this team. So, I'd take a chance that Smith falls in the end zone more so than Williams. Yeah, I think I agree that I would go to Smith over Jamal Williams. Uh, you got to see what, what they're going to do with him. 
for sure. I know this has been a narrative for a couple of years, but. Aaron Jones' big last game against the Cowboys cost Papa Kaz the win last week. Um, these two teams may be the two unluckiest teams in our league this year. Um, just everything that happened with the Steelers. Connor and Juju should not be you know, where they're at this year, obviously. Mixon belongs right where he's at. That one, I'm gonna just I'm gonna take a victory lap on that one. Um, OBJ, obviously, you know, there's just been some bad things that happened to both of these teams. Like Sony Michelle, twelve points, but Tom Brady sneaks two in, and one of them he tried from the four yard line. It's like Michelle easily should have had twenty points in that game. Brandon Bolden got the other goal line carry. Um. Both these teams on paper are better than their records and their situations. So, it's just tough. Yeah, I was going to say, we'd be remiss if we moved on from the paper without talking about this situation. That's, I mean, we know that Belichick's a dip when it comes to running backs, but it's just stupid. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, <clears throat> like, I think anyone that drafted Teddy Michelle knew, like, all right, Seems like going to get a ton of run. Burke out there in stupid situation. He's going to get the ton of run that he probably doesn't deserve. But at least I'm the touchdowns when that. Now that's not happening. Yeah. And you're getting the the touches you before you drafted. Without him getting the goal line works, he's just another dude. Yeah. I think I told you at the start of the year. I thought Michelle was a great candidate for. Leading the league in rushing touchdowns. <clears throat> I'm gonna take the Patriots to win this one, though. Bowl Weevils versus Take Your Ball and Go Home. Start off with the Bowl Weevils. Um, <laughs> who is the best receiver on his team of this trio? Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaren, and Stephon Diggs. Probably never thought we'd have to have this conversation, but we're here now. So. Rest of season, who's going to be better of the three of them? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Cortland Sutton. Okay. I was, I mean, Terry McLaurin's not in the conversation for me. I was never, was never in on that. Uh, see, never. I'm all in on that. I love Terry McLaurin. I think he's really good. You can have it. If they're going to play 16 to well, I didn't get a chance to say that. That's if Keenum stays the quarterback. If it's going to be the guy from Friday Night Lights, Colt McCoy, or um, Dwayne Haskins, who for some reason, you guys know all that, that little squishy Julio Jones guy that I sent out the picture about. We got a, we got a Dwayne Haskins today. For some reason, he's the Redskins representative of that, that group of stuff, so... It's terrible. What? That's probably pushed by management. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, the conversation 
conversation is Sutton versus Diggs, and I don't know if he could dig his way out of this hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, it's just awkward for him, that situation. Um, I'll take McLaurin. I think he's going to be the best first this season. Throw up energy. Sutton second, Diggs there. Diggs is, I'm out on that dude. All right, let's go to Stein and take your ball and go home. Miles Sanders, curiously on the bench this week. I think he has to do it. Matt Breed has been really good for the Niners, even though he's a backup. did think it was funny that um, my dad started, I think, Ido Smith last week against Stein. Stein texted me and said, I can't believe I'm losing to a guy who's starting to back up Ryan back. I almost responded back to him, but I didn't. said, you start one too, because Miles Sanders was, was in his lineup. Um, but I guess I guess it's fair now to talk about, are we, like, are we really thinking that Aaron Rodgers is still a slam dunk week-to-week starter? He's only had one week all season over 18 and a half points. Um, and that was obviously the big game against Philly. Um you know, I don't think this is like on Stein's quarterback bye week. He needs to hold Rodgers. He probably will, but I, I don't think he's like a guy that you need to hold on to. I know you and I started to get that train up. And when we did all of our fantasy work this year, uh, Aaron Jones was one of my favorite guys. And I think that that tied to the fact that I thought Rodgers would regressed a lot because of his attempts to I think that LaFleur has helped that um, so yeah I think I agree that I mean he's not he's not the plug and play no it's kind of frustrating um, you know you see the Packers with this great record and I think their team's really good this year and, you know, you're just expecting to see the greatness that Rodgers used to put out week to week, and that's not the case. So I actually think it makes the Packers better, knowing that they kind of have that, you know, ace of spades in the back that they can kind of trump whenever. But um, it's just it's kind of weird seeing the Packers be good and him not really be the reason why. Who wins? Take your ball and go home versus the Weevils. And it's... Before we go away from this team, that uh, monster game that Evans had blows. I feel like I'm like an inch away from being able to take the Mike Evans feather in the cap. He blows, but he had that one mark going to keep him up there in contention. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, they did come out this week and say for them to be a good football team, they need to get Mike Evans the football more. So. We'll see how that works out tomorrow morning from London. Yeah. Um, Which we are 12 hours away from football. I'll take two back. Yep. I'm going to a concert. Yeah. Tomorrow morning? It's like an all-day festival thing. Oh. That's awful. And a road trip. Oh. Can't find someone else to go with her. <laughs> I'm taking tea bag. All right, Weevils for me. All right. Tea bag. 
<laughs> Fleetwood franchise versus the hammer. I'll take the franchise. Now let's talk about uh, let's talk about these two teams. Even with Kenyon Drake and Duke Johnson and Chase Edmonds starting, I'll still take the franchise. No, um, just ravished by injuries. Evan Ingram hurt. Wayne Gallman hurt. Saquon Darius Geis. Um, <clears throat> you know Valdez Scantling's in a good matchup this week with Devontae Adams out. People like I said like Kenyon Drake, um, but I I think I want to talk about. So for the franchise, I want to start out with Kyler Murray. I know you're not a fan of him as a quarterback, um, but you can't really argue the fact that for fantasy, he's a good quarterback out there, and he's actually really fun to watch. So my question is, right now Murray's the 12th quarterback um, in our league. What do you think his ceiling is as far as where he can finish at year end in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? Okay, so that let's go through the guys that are ahead of him right now. Uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, who has an extra game on everybody, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Gardner Minshew, Brissett, who he will pass this week because Brissett's on by, and and then Kyler Murray. Um, who do you have? Who are the five? Wilson, Mahomes, Watson, Jackson, and Matt Ryan? Yeah, those are the ones I think we can't catch. Okay. What about Wentz? I think you can catch him. I think we'll catch Brady, Brissett, Minshew, and there's somebody else in there. Uh, Dak. Maybe. I don't think I counted him. Did I say Winston? Dak and Winston are the two you didn't say. I think I think Murray's ceiling is top five. I don't think you can catch Wilson, Mahomes, Watson, or Jackson. So, um, <coughs> Matt Ryan's a good one, though. That's like that's right there. But, he's like he's like Blake Bortles' garbage time quarterback this year. I know they're so bad. Ugh. I never thought they'd be this bad, but they are pretty terrible. Um, oh, man. Looking at the hammer now. DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson. That team is sexy. Um, all right, let's go to talk about Adam Thielen this week. He had a breakout week last week. He tried to will the hammer to victory against the Desert Dogs, but it was not to be. Um, the Eagles have come out publicly and said they kind of want to make Kirk Cousins beat them. They want to go all in to stop Dalvin Cook tomorrow. So with that being said, can Thielen put up another big week against what is a very weak Philly secondary? That's a bold strategy with that secondary. I know. But, it shouldn't yeah. even need to be said, honestly, because they have a really good run defense. And they don't have a good secondary. So, obviously, like, the things that they do well are going to potentially, hopefully, limit Dalvin Cook. Um, and it should be more... Kirk Cousins, if they're going to beat us, Kirk Cousins is going to beat us through the air because we're not going to, you know. 
it was probably poorly said. Yeah, I think so too. I heard some people saying that this is a digs game, not a feeling game. Um, I don't know how much validity is in this. I haven't watched too much Vikings games, but apparently against teams with good pass rushes, Cousins has to get the ball out quicker and earlier, and that helps Diggs more, is what I'm hearing. So, I don't know. I don't want any part of Diggs. And we all said we're taking the franchise to win this one relatively, I would say, easily. Um, maybe closer than you think, but I don't know which trio is worse. Kenyon Drake, Duke Johnson, and Chase Edmonds, or DK Metcalf, Muhammad Sanu, and Deontay Johnson. I know Deontay Johnson gets crazy separation um, on his routes, but... Yeah, All right, let's talk about our game. We are not the game of the week, even though I think it, to us, it feels like the game of the week. What? Sanu hasn't been as bad as either. Who? Sanu. I know. I knew he was going to catch a touchdown against me last week, too. It made me sick. And then, it would have been easy. I would have fully been on killing Butler for Adam. Yeah, no, it's not because Ice Cream plays Mad Dogs Uh, this week. What? The big guy clocked me. Who's that? That's you. You're the podcast leader. Oh, all right. Sorry. Well, I know this is the game of the week in our eyes. Uh, You told me you thought it was a matchup of two and three teams, but it's not. I'm three and two. You're two and three. So. Sorry, I get three losses. It's all right. You might have me at three losses after this week. Um, man, you have some good fucking plays this week, dude. And then you have Vance McDonald and Auden Tate. But uh, Lamar Jackson, I've seen everywhere. He is the QB1 for the week. Um, great matchup for him against Cincinnati. What do you think his uh, ceiling is in terms of points this week? Um, I don't know. Let me go. You say 40? No. No, no. Oh, because I thought it was like 50, but... I want to tell you, um, I'm debating ordering a Lamar Jackson jersey for Jonah. Please don't. Um, he told me today he's a Ravens fan. Please stop him. He got a Lamar Jackson squishy guy today. You know who his other two that he had before Lamar Jackson are? AJ Green and Andrew Luck. Those are Jonas squishy guys. For those that don't know, I have to talk about it now. Jonah is the kiss of death when it comes to football players. Um, so... Steps. What? Oh, I'm right in his daddy's footsteps. Every time. So I get the kids like one or two football jerseys a year. So far, Jonah's football jerseys are Jameis Winston right after he got drafted. Um, we all know about Jameis Winston's football career. Not good. Um, I don't remember the order that I got these in, but he, I got him an Andrew Luck jersey a couple weeks before he retired. 
Um, I got him an A.J. Green jersey. I think he's been hurt every season since he got the A.J. Green jersey. Um, Matt Stafford got him that. He broke his back last year. That was his Christmas present. Um, Stafford had his worst season ever. What else does he have? Um, Marcus Mariota. Terrible. Um, there's one more I'm missing. But you guys get the point. Um... Yeah. Um, uh, baseball, Matt Carpenter, he now can barely start for the Cardinals. And he used to be like their leadoff hitter and a perennial all-star. So, yeah, it just... Yeah, Lamar Jackson's next, just to let you know. But Let's wait, let's wait until Drew Baby's back and then, you know. Okay. All right, so I think Jackson's ceiling is probably like mid-30s tomorrow. <laughs> What'd you say? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. All right. Yeah, he's not stealing. He's not stealing the inside the five carries. So anyway. Let's hope he's not, because Mark Ingram <laughs> has a great matchup against Cincinnati tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just saying, like he hasn't been. Yeah. Um, let's talk about my team. Should I be concerned about playing Carson Wentz tomorrow at Minnesota? Uh, Full disclosure, I am. See, I've I've watched a lot of Eagles just because they seem to be on quite a bit and they've had a primetime game or two, I think. I think he's playing fantastic. The, they're just not... They don't have anything around him right now. It's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, any, I mean, last week was not a good game, but they destroyed the Jets. So he didn't really need to do anything. But he's been he's been good this year, so... I don't think it's a great matchup. Um, I will be scouring the waiver wire to see if there's someone I want to pick up to start tomorrow since I have an open spot with Todd getting his O today. Alec Mark was downgraded from the Thursday's practice to did not practice on Friday. Kamara? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a game time decision tomorrow with an ankle. That's why I tried to get lat today. So with that being said, who wins this week? Curtin's not close. I'm going to take the dogs because I still think my team's better than yours. So, All right, Team Ice Cream versus Mix Mad Dogs. You just forgot a lot of your credibility. Why? Why? It's a bad take. Why? Let's just go position by position then. Let's look at this. I mean, I think you win the quarterback battle tomorrow. I'm not going to do the full thing here. No, I just think I, I, I think Mark Ingram's better than Devontae Freeman. I think Godwin can compete with Hopkins. You're going to win whoever Michael Thomas goes against. 
our tight ends are the same. And I like Woods and Malcolm Brown over Landry and Auden Tate, so. You like Woods? Yeah. You don't think he's going to get a lot of time? Robert Woods? Yeah. I mean, he's coming off two weeks ago. He's had 13 for 164. That's good, right? Yeah, Robert Sherman. Those teams. <clears throat> oh, I'm not worried about Sherman. He can't even see if he shook a dude's hand or not, so how can he see who he's covering? You didn't hear all that? Yeah, he, that whole thing. <clears throat> that whole thing, he apologized and everything like that. It was broken from the McAfee show. And yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Alright, Team Ice Cream versus Mixed Mad Dogs. Micah doing what he does best, leaving that flex two spot open, not giving us a good feel for what the projection's actually going to be. Clean it up, man. I told you about that already. Um, I'll start off with the ice cream. <sighs> Looks like Cooks is projected to play, so that's good for him. Devontae Parker in the flex two spot. That is not good. Um, well, whatever your question is, like I, I cannot... I cannot eat and Christian McCaffrey. Like, I almost want to send a handwritten letter. McCaffrey or Spears? McCaffrey. Okay. I don't know Spears. Okay, that's fine. But there was once upon a time that good in the NFL. And I would believe that because he's the best. He's awesome. He's really fucking good. Yeah. There's he's not- He's not the MVP. He is the MVP. He's not, because his backup ran 80 yards for a touchdown last week. And they're yeah. they're never not going to give the MVP to a quarterback. Right now, the MVP is Russell Wilson. But McCaffrey is the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year, correct? He's going to win the MVP. Oh, all right. I'm going to have to make a bet on that. Um, yeah, that's the comment for Spears' team. No question. McCaffrey's good. Um, the only way he doesn't win the MVP is if they give Newton that job back and they start fucking. <laughs> He's not going to win the MVP, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> the quarterback for the Mad Dogs is the MVP, Russell Wilson. Um... Austin Hooper gets the great matchup this week at Arizona. The Cardinals are the worst team in the league against the tight end position. Over under 17 points for Austin Hooper this week. Under. Is it close? Okay, I think he goes over. I think he's like 15. All right, that's good. ESPN's got him at 12.1, so I think he goes over 17. I'll call it 18 and a half. He's got like 60 couple in the score, huh? 70? 
many catches? Probably like six or seven. Okay. I was just trying to see. If he does seven for 60 and a score, that's 16 and a half. So I wanted I wanted you to give me a stat line projection that was more than 17. I thought that would have been good good stuff. I said 15. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wins? Oh. This is definitely the game of the week. Mad Dogs and Ice Cream. Uh, two of the best teams in the league. Um, who do you got winning this one? Um, I'll take the ice cream. Me too. I think his team's really tough to beat when Dak has marshmallow matchups and tomorrow's one of them. All right, that wraps up week six matchups. Um, got some early football tomorrow, so that's good. I think there's only like six one o'clock games. There's a bunch of four o'clock games, so it's actually a nice day to spend the day inside, watch football. A lot of people are off on Monday for Columbus Day, so that's a good thing. Um, you're not. No. It stinks. Thank you. I think it's too many Jewish holidays to celebrate Columbus. So. Oh. Can't have it all, I guess. All right, anything else you want to add? No. All right. Now, I just want to say, if you made it this far without getting mad at either of us, probably more so me, I was a little dicier than that he was in this one. Remember, it's a game. I had to tell myself that this week. We're all still friends no matter what outside of this, so. Eh, that's loose. <laughs> Re- relatively, you know, so. I know we're all probably some of the more competitive people around out here, but um, just trying to think of the whole league when I talk about this and what's best for everybody involved, so. I know you are too. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about your league? Um, a guy scored 207 points last week and lost. Yeah, that happened. It's good stuff. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Enjoy week six. Good luck to everybody. And we'll talk to you next week to uh, hopefully talk about some more trades that happen um, in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Thanks, and we will talk to you later.